0: section one of hidden treasures this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by lynn thompson hidden treasures by harry a lewis daniel drew Here is a great financier a man of unusual ability but who is no exception to the rule, born poor. His success came by hard work and a thorough mastery of his business. It is surprising how many Wall Street operators began life on the farm. In the case of Daniel Drew, at the age of only 15, matters were made worse by the death of his father. At 18, he concluded to go to New York, but after a discouraging time of it, his money giving out, he was obliged to return to his home. However, his trip did not prove a total failure, as subsequent events show. While in the metropolis, he heard that fat cattle could be sold there at a profit over what he knew they could be bought for at his country home. He therefore resolved to go into the cattle business. True, he had no money. He was a poor country lad, but this made little difference with Drew's determination. As he had no money with which to buy a drove for himself, he did the next best thing. This was to induce the neighboring farmers to allow him to drive their cattle to market on a commission plan. By this one act, the reader can understand the difference between Daniel Drew and the neighboring farm boys, many of whom were better situated, doubtless, than was he. Another characteristic he developed was economy. His money was saved, and with these small savings he added cattle to his drove, which were his own, hence increased his profits. First one at a time, then two, when at last he abandoned the commission business, becoming a drover on his own account. Later he took a partner, and the firm of Drew and Company became the Cattle Kings of America. This was the first firm that ever drove cattle from the West, and Drew, ever watchful for opportunities to add to his already increasing income, bought a tavern, which became, as Drew knew it would, under good management, the centre of the cattle business in the city, on market days. As time passed, as a matter of course, following such a line of procedure, he became a very rich man, and his disposition being of an enterprising nature, he began to cast about him, for new investments seeking new fields to conquer the explosion of a boat on the hudson discommoding for a time the existing line offered to drew the favourable opportunity for which he was looking and as was characteristic he at once improved his chance he immediately placed on the river the water which the old line resumed business the fares were reduced until the profits of both companies were eaten up the opposition tried to intimidate They tried to buy out, and then they tried to negotiate some other deals, but all in vain. On the contrary, Drew put on the Westchester, and instead of stopping at Peekskill, he extended to Albany. He next bought the Bright Emerald, and started an evening line. This was a new feature in those days, and as it enabled the businessmen to travel without loss of time, it became eminently popular. Drew was a man with a fertile mind. He made a study of whatever he undertook. He was a hard man to beat He bought the Rochester and next bought out the old line For a long time. He had things pretty much his own way Then came a new opposition This time through negotiations He won the opposition over and established the celebrated people's line Naming their first boat after his new partner St. John Mr. Drew, in connection with others, formed the Stonington Line between New York and Boston, and still later he opened the Champlain Transportation Company from Whitehall, New York, to Rousey's Point, Vermont. He next placed his shoulder under Erie, endorsing its paper to the amount of ten millions. Later still, he was elected president of this company, and as Erie and Central are natural enemies, Vanderbilt and drew henceforth became hostile toward each other Mr.. Drew wanted to extend Erie West to do this he must get a special act of the legislature Of course he had Vanderbilt and central with all their patronage with which to contend and a bitter fight it proved to be But in those days Daniel drew seemed invincible in court and the bill passed Erie reissuing stock and extending its lines He was a member of the Methodist Episcopal Church and to him is that religious body indebted for that grand institution, Drew Theological Seminary. Many men would have made worse use of vast wealth than did Daniel Drew. He was a man who was quiet. He kept his points and was a pleasing conversationalist. In 1879 he died, leaving two children. End of section 1 Daniel Drew.